It's time for Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. And now your host, Doug Murin. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I uh, uh, want to kind of prep you for the message today. It's about questions Jesus asked, because uh, we, all, we all like to ask God questions, but really, the great question asker is God, and I think you're going to enjoy the message today. So listen close. God bless you as you do. I found there are several reasons people fall away or abandon their faith. Is there fervent devotion once set them on their path toward Jesus, there are things that happen that begin to cause problems. One, there is this habit that's often developed of hearing more and more truth without ever wanting to do it. I'm pretty secure about being a pastor now. I I really am. Uh, My first 10 years or 15 years, I was pretty insecure. I really didn't like people to disagree with me or say bad things about me. I really don't care anymore. Because I know there's a lot of bad about me and, and more good. And, and it's, it's not a problem. But one of the things people used to come to me and say, and on occasion still do, uh, expecting I might be rattled or they're, you know, I, I understand they're genuine and they're concerned. They'll say a statement like, well, I just don't get fed anymore. I used to be so intimidated by that. Of course, that's the old Christian cliche that we throw around. And it's usually multiple things we're saying, really, when we say that. But... I would go home and I'd practice my best sermon ever. Boy, I'd say, I'm going to preach my best sermon ever, and I'm really going to feed these people. Boy, I'm really going to do it. Or worse yet, I would just really feel awful and cruddy and crummy and feel like a failure and want to quit, look the want ads over for a job somewhere. And, And anymore, I've learned something. People who say that, really, here's what's going on. They have heard so many things that God has entreated them to begin to apply to their life as actions that would lead them to greater release in Him. And haven't done it, that they've got backgrounds of knowledge that are stacked so high that they've never even attempted to do that they can't even hear anymore. Not sure you can go hear another voice and get titillated a little bit with a little more information. But within a matter of months, you also have backlog of information you've never applied from the two. Guess what? God's a novel kind of person. When he says something, he really expects us to do it. Now, here's, the, here's what we ought to be after here. It doesn't matter how eloquent I am or how dynamic a speaker I am on any given Sunday. The real issue is the mentality we walk out of here with. And our mentality, I know mine is, gang, I'm telling you. My mentality is, I want to do what I'm talking about. I often don't make it, but I'm trying. Do something about it. When you don't do something about it, what happens is soon you are set up to be desensitized to the Holy Spirit. And without Him, you're sunk. Two, I found that people don't build consistent building blocks in their life. Many, many of you here have never been baptized in water. We were discussing upstairs some of my... You know, sincere concern. I'm not panicking. I'm not going to get a whip out and check the rosters. Who hasn't been baptized? We'll check you next Sunday, and we have a robe for you to wear. We're not going to do that. You guys know me better than that. But the building block of water baptism. I know when someone comes to me and they say, I'm having a real struggle with temptation or this issue or that issue, the first question I ask them is, you, have you ever been baptized in water? I have learned over 20 years that often an incomplete foundation being laid at that point will mean that there will be breakage or weakness in your foundation. And when the press of life comes, there's not a sturdiness of faith there to withstand it. That's why we baptize every time we meet on Wednesday and Saturday and Sunday. And you get in that room 15 minutes ahead of service, have a change of clothes and a towel. You know, don't wear bikini briefs or, you know, or swimsuits. Wear something that, you know, that we would want to see you in. No matter how good you think you are, you know, we really would like to have you clothed and in your right mind. So go in the room in there, bring a towel. But I'll tell you, those building blocks are essential. Bible reading. Now, maybe you can't read five chapters a day. Maybe you can read five minutes, one minute, read one verse. But a daily contact with the truth is the sure antidote to deception. 
I'll tell you, all of us every week are assaulted with inane attitudes and wrong beliefs. There are a lot of folk theologies out there that will lead you into the rocks. The Bible and taking classes like on Sunday night when, uh, you know, nightline classes can build and fortify your belief system. Studying small groups are essential. Another building block for me is, is the gathering and the fellowship. Now, a lot of you are guests today and you don't know me very well. If you had a chance to meet me, you would know I am the nicest man you've ever met and the most unthreatening and non-legalistic person you're going to ever meet. But I'm going to tell you something. Some of you are getting too sloppy about your fellowship schedule. And I don't know anybody by name, and I'm not making these concept, uh, comments uh, that they aren't precipitated by anyone in mind or any situation. I just kind of know in my gut. Because I've watched people think, well, I, I, you know, I know a lot, and I don't, I don't really need to go there and worship and sing. And f- I, don't, I don't need to do that. I mean, I'm really, you know, I'm really strong. And I'm going to tell you, nuts. You, you need to be in fellowship. I don't care how brilliant you are, because there's something happens of a fortifying nature when we lift our hands and praise together. Am I wrong or am I right? Do you sense? The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. Now, please don't make me out to be a legalistic idiot. It's in your hands now. But I'll tell you, those essential building blocks are vital. And what will happen if you aren't building them? At some point, you will be a setup for the threat of apostasy. I'll tell you another one. As you read this scripture here, overconfidence. Overconfidence in your own ability to walk in the Lord. Muhammad Ali, there's a great story about him. He got on an airplane. The stewardess told him to buckle up his seatbelt. He looked up at her and said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And she looked back and said, Superman don't need no airplane either. (laughs) Hey, gang. I need Jesus. I need the Holy Spirit every day. Every day. I know one act of, that is inauthentic on my part leads to another. Leads to another and leads to another. Don't you sit around saying, well, I'm okay, I'm going to be alright. You, you think you stand? You think you stand? And you're so sure of yourself? You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Now, I'm confident in Jesus. Utterly confident in Him. I'll tell you one thing. I pray and I intercede and, and I, have, I have learned something. I am no match for hell. I'm no, I, there, 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 are, there are entities that can work me over. That's why I like to hang around my big brother, Jesus. Because he handles the neighborhood bully. It's like living in a neighborhood and your brother's 6'8". I met one of the Seahawks last night and this guy is the size of, of two humans. <laughs> and I thought, that's my brother. That's my brother right there. And that's how it is with the Lord. You need the Lord. You need Him. You cannot do this on your own. You need Him. Jesus Christ is not a crutch. He's a stretcher. You need the Lord. You cannot be overconfident. I'll tell you too, you cannot be overconfident about somebody else's faith who is near you, be it your parents, your husband, or wife. Now, their faith ain't going to be good enough. And that's one of the things that happens in second-generation Christianity is strongly devoted parents, kids begin to feel real, real sure and confident. I'll tell you what. You just go ahead and live that way. And, and you're, I'll tell you what, you're dog meat. You're dog meat. You need the Lord and you need to know Him for yourself. Self-pity. It's another reason. The Bible says right here, don't let any of you say you're a peculiar case or you're under more temptation or more pressures than anybody else. Bunk. Some of you are just babies. And I love you and you're wonderful people and everything. But, but, 
But your babies. You're, I mean, I, every once in a while someone will come and say, and I'm sharing with them, I say, well, I've been hurt by so many churches. And I'm going to say, my God, so have I. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. What is wrong with you? That's why I'm a good counselor, too. I <laughs> help people. I help people. They feel better. You're not a special case. Everybody's been hurt. Everybody has had a grandmother, a mom or dad, or aunt or uncle, brother or sister, that they would easily trade in. Kids, too. Okay, we're looking at uh, a study here in questions that Jesus asked. Uh, You know, we like to ask God questions, but we forget that Jesus actually was a great question answer. But let me first introduce you to my friend Scott. we got a couple things we talked about. I've got a friend I wanted to introduce you to that, that represents a company that I'm really proud to be associated with. Hey, on the phone, we've got Scott from Faith Life and uh, Lexham Publishers Press, I guess is Lexham Press. And uh, I've asked Scott to, uh, they're, they're kind of partnering with us a little bit on the show. We're going to extend to you some of their products for gifts that you would present to the show. And you can go to our webpage and process all that at DougMuirInRadio.com. But I wanted uh, Scott to share a little bit. Hi- Scott, highlight one of the products they could get off from Lexham Press that, uh, that, is, a, that is a good, a good uh, piece yeah, of absolutely. study material. Yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the things that we have that just came out is a book called Christ Above All. Um, it's in a series of books we have called the Transformative Word Series. And essentially what um, these volumes do is they work through um, a book of the Bible and ask questions about how can we understand the way that those uh, those texts speak to us today. Hmm. So this book in particular, Christ Above All, is about the book of Hebrews. So that's okay. one that uh, we're really excited about. It just came out pretty recently. Yeah, chapters focusing on who is Jesus, uh, how do we understand uh, Jesus' humanity, how do we understand the magnificence of Jesus, Wow. how do we understand the Old Testament in Hebrews. It's a it's a great resource, and the like series a is a really excellent series great book. as well. So, how yeah. much would that cost? So that one is twelve. That one is twelve ninety nine. Okay, um, but we also have some other uh, books in that series as well. Okay, um, and so yeah, there's there's several other um, okay. uh, uh, books in that series as well. So, so yeah. if someone were to contribute to our show, go to our website at dougmearnradio.com and contribute anything. I'm just telling everybody we're going to make sure Scott sends you out one of these books, and uh, we're excited about being able to offer that. You know, any size gift, we'll, we'll get the the book in the mail to you and uh so is that some of your series have gotten some awards i noticed the other day you got some outstanding materials besides that at your website yep that's right yeah so one of the books especially to you that we're just thrilled about um it's beautiful came out really well um i use it for my own personal bible study is a book called the lexham geographic commentary on the gospels that's so kind of a mouthful so let me explain it just really quickly. you sent me one so, of those and I've I've been working through it. It's a very fascinating approach to the Bible. Absolutely, yeah. So one of the, the way that the, this book works is that it's kind of like other commentaries, you know, where they'll explain certain pieces of the text or something like that. But this one in particular is really neat because what they do is they look at different small passages of Scripture, and especially for this one where we cover the Gospels. But So for instance, we might take the birth of Jesus, the birth narrative. So um, let's say you go to the first chapters of Luke and... Uh, you're going to, to a familiar passage you're, you're used to. So, for instance, talk about Jesus being born um, in a stable. And so what this what this book does, and, and the way that these scholars that came together put this together, they really help you to understand, okay, what was the geography of the region at the time? How would the geography have shaped the way 
that one would have understood the text. So, for mm-hmm. instance, um, there's going to be there's going to be an understanding of the first century uh, culture in terms of how roads work, in terms of how stables work, in terms of how some of these things are. And so, what it will do is it's it's really helpful for having a fresh insight and a fresh understanding for passages that we've maybe read um, mm-hmm. hundreds of times, even. Right. Having really fresh insights that and, and um, you're not going to normally get from a regular. They're really street, accessible so. to everybody. I flipped through them. Quite yeah, I know, and, that's, and, and that's, what's, uh, that's what's wonderful about. And it. if yeah. someone wanted to help the show, I'll tell you, you can go to my Facebook, just simply Doug Murin at Facebook, and I put up the ad, the well, whatever it is, the the site connection to uh, Lexum and to uh, uh, Faith Life products, and you can go there and spot any number of products for them as well, and. The people at Faith Life are being so kind to us on our radio show. They're actually extending support to our show for every cell we get there that's, that's significant. And uh, so I want to encourage all the people who want to see the show, get out there. And we are about ready to go to some other shorter three-minute on the FM radio, pure grade, in-your-heart evangelism. And this is going to help us be able to do that. But if you can uh, want to help with the show... And you want to grow in your knowledge, Scott and the guys there are ready to, to give you uh, this gift as a thank you from us. So thanks, Scott, for jumping in. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm, we're really honored, really happy to do it. And, yeah, if there's anything we can do, definitely check out LexumPress.com. That's mm-hmm. L-E-X-H-A-M Press.com. And you can learn more about our resources there. Super. Thanks, Scott. We're going to get back to the show now, but I'll uh, be in touch with you again. Absolutely. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Scott. And now back to more Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. Well, what are some of your vulnerable zones? There are certain seasons and times in your life where you're more vulnerable. One of them right off is if you move and relocate. I'm not one to be legalistic about this either, but I will tell you one thing. The overmobility of our society is destroying us. I am convinced. It's, I believe, the major demise in the American home. And for ten, twenty thousand dollars more a year, people are sacrificing their kids and are disrupting the networkings that God has built in their life because they're being moved not when God led them, but when the Almighty Dollar led them. And and I'm not putting anybody down. I'll just tell you that is a fact. There are relocation times when you lose one network and you move to another area. I feel sorry for people who move because there are friends. It takes three years to make a good friend, and you move every two, three years. You're you're one sad sack. I'll just tell you, it's a very vulnerable time. Another vulnerable time is, is when, when men get their pride assaulted. I know men are very vulnerable to apostasy when the guys on the job start, start not thinking they're crazy, but start punching their pride out about being a Christian. You know, call them, call them pansies and, you know, just, oh, you're one of them. And I'll tell you, men don't like to have their pride assaulted. I did a thing, I was speaking to some of my peers this week, and I didn't know I said it, but I said, you know, if we don't start doing this, we're really screwed. Now, you guys are used to me being ungodly like that, but... These pastors, you know, just, and one of them came and said something to me. And, and my first reaction was, my pride was really hurt. One, I didn't know I'd said it, which concerned me. Two, was, I, and my wife told me that would happen. She told me, someday you're going to say that, and you're not going to think you're so cute. And she was right. And he came, and my first reaction was I, was, I was really, my pride was hurt. And so I thought, well, gee, just see if I speak again. <laughs> gee, men, when they get their pride hurt, you know, uh, 
Women also have emotional things that, that become susceptible times for apostasy. So our gender sets us up. Sometimes there are seasons of isolation we have in our life where we're particularly vulnerable. There are age times when we're particularly vulnerable. We all know the old, age-old illustration of the teenager, the adolescent. You know, really, one of the, one of the times we know uh, statistically, there are two times when people most often abandon their faith for a number of years. It is immediately after graduating from high school and immediately after graduating from college. Those are two times where you need to anticipate. There's a threshold in your life there where you're beginning to develop a new identity. And it's a very vulnerable time. Also, I think young marriage is a a really critical time. When you first get married, it's so essential. When you get married, you develop good building blocks of spiritual discipline and prioritizing your life toward Christ and His kingdom. It is at those times where habits of giving are developed. Where you, where you, you know there's a lot of stuff you'd like to have. Good grief. I remember Deb and I got married. We didn't have bean bags to sit on. And it's a challenge. You've got nothing but needs. And it is important to establish the prioritization of the kingdom of God. Another vital time is when you have that first kid. I watch, have watched couples for 20 years when they have that first, second kid begin to see their spiritual life torpedoed. Often because the husband isn't sensitive enough to do his share of the load and the wife, frankly, gets so wore out they can't, you know, they just can't, we just can't, can't get there. But often what happens is the cycle of fellowship is interrupted because that little kid begins to be the idol of the home and actually takes God's seat. I can remember Matt being, taking him to the nursery and, and the little guy would cry, cry for a long time. I remember getting called out of service two or three times to talk to him and it's rough when you're the pastor. <laughs> I can remember walking out one time and I picked him up and I looked him in the eye and I said, Matt, I sure love you, but you can cry all you want, you little rat. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spank your bottom. And you're going to have to go back in there and cry because we're serving God. We're serving God. Some of you, your kids are going to be stinkers because they're running your home. And I'll tell you what, it never hurt a kid to cry in a classroom. Anticipate the thresholds. Two, watch out for the slow trends that begin to develop in your life. And that certainly doesn't mean to demean anybody who happens to have gotten married serving Christ or you've got, you met Christ after you've been married and your spouse, husband or wife, has decided to not follow Christ. I have many, many friends in that position who serve Christ mightily in that situation. I'm just saying, if you have a choice on the get-go, make a good one right off and you'll, you'll, you'll deal with a lot less pressures. Okay, did I, did I just add a little bit? I, I felt like some would go out of here wounded and I, uh, they're just people I love and admire too much in that other setting to even, ever do that to you. Bob Weber, who was president of Kiwanis, told a great story. Of a little guy who was delivering papers, and he came by a farmer's house, and he had a sign up, Puppies for Sale. And the little guy wanted a puppy so bad, so he drove up and said, Hey, Farmer Jones, says, uh, you got puppies for sale. I want a puppy. So the farmer said, Well, put your bike down, come on in the garage and, and over here, and we'll look at them and see what you think of them. But you know, I will tell you, son, they're $25. And the little boy said, ooh, $25, that, they must be really good puppies. So they walked around the corner, started heading toward the garage, and out of the garage came four little Labrador puppies, you know, little tail wiggling and slobber out of their, you know, all over, and they're just really going. And, and behind the four was a, a little one dragging its right leg, a little guy. Well, the farmer hadn't noticed that the little boy who had been riding the bike was dragging his right leg, too, as he walked behind him. 
And the little boy spotted the little crippled puppy and he said, oh, I've got to have that puppy. Can I buy that puppy, mister? Can I buy that one? He said, do you mean the crippled one? He said, yes, I want that puppy. He said, well, son, that puppy, that puppy will never walk or run or hunt. There are four real healthy ones. This puppy's useless. And the little boy said, oh, mister, but that puppy needs someone who can understand him. That's a good puppy. I can't give you all the $25, mister, but I can give you 25 cents a week until it adds up to $25. And I want that puppy. That is a good puppy. And the farmer once again, he says, son, you don't know. This, this puppy doesn't have a hip. In fact, we just haven't gotten around to putting him asleep. He's, he, look at him. He will never run or walk. He says, but how do you think you're going to understand how to help this little puppy? And the little boy reached down and pulled his pant leg up. And, and on his leg was a metal brace that had taken a little gnarled leg and had shaped it as best it could in a, in a straightforward position so he could ride his bike and walk with, a, with sliding it a little bit. And the little boy looked up and he said, I know what that little puppy's gone through. And that little puppy needs me. And I need that little puppy. I want that little puppy. And that's exactly what Christ did for you and me. He didn't come looking for strong people. Hebrews, the end of chapter 3, says we don't have a high priest who can't be touched by our weaknesses and infirmities. The Bible says we have a high priest who was tempted in every way we are, yet remains sinless. And the Bible says that when we are tempted, he is able to keep us from falling. The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could ever ask him to do. The Bible says that when we are tempted to the point of sweating blood, that he is there to strengthen us in our weakness. And when you know Christ in that way, like the little boy relating to that puppy, when you know he feels every temptation you've ever had, every temptation to deny God passed through Christ's brain in his life. Don't ever forget it. Jesus Christ has been challenged by every temptation to apostasy any one of us here will ever face and then says, and I will strengthen you and you will stand strong. We need Jesus Christ. Identify with him. He'll never put you down. He'll never chide you, but he will empower you to face anything. And there are many here who know what I'm talking about and you have been moving away from Christ. You saw a lawgiver and a a rule to measure up to. And you know, you know, I'm not going to point you out or have you stand up or come forward. I'm not going to do all that. But you know, the very very tone of your commitment to Christ has become at best sloppy. And you know, there are habit patterns and practices that are leading you away from Him. And you know, you have begun by your own inertia to experience weaknesses that frankly are beginning to be over your head. And I'm telling you right now, you don't need to raise your hand, come forward to pray. I'm telling you right now, you receive it as a gift. Jesus Christ, the Lord Almighty, chooses to identify with you. And right now, just by your hearing the Word of God, right now, the inertia away from Him is abated and stopped. And I declare, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are free to serve Him in love. But know who you're coming to. Jesus Christ, who identified with you and loves you, gave His life for you, and tends that you and I finish stronger than we started. My vision for you and me in this church is that we be about, should he tarry? I can see us at about age 95, more on fire. I can see us kind of walking around slower, but I can see us with fire in our eyes for Jesus. 
I'm talking about Jesus, empowered by Jesus. See, I plan on finishing strong, and, and I think he's given you that desire this morning too. Amen? Lord, be with us as we go now. In your name, amen. Again, that was a message I shared uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, a few uh, years ago. Not, not, a, not, not light years, but it was uh, given to a group of people who were in a serious Bible study about this stuff. Now, uh, these shows, I want to I tell you, are uh, listener-supported. Uh, I have some friends who help cover airtime and some of the expense of, of taping this, but uh, we've got some giveaways. We've already shared about it in a, in a show here. You can go to our website called the Doug Muirn Radio. DougMearnRadio.com, probably the best place to go. and uh, Or you can mail any contributions to uh, 1806 Fifth Street, 1806 Fifth Street, Wenatchee, Washington, W-E-N-A-T-C-H-E-E, 98801. And I'll tell you, we are raising money for evangelism on on a, a different format than the Christian-oriented radio show. We're, we're wanting to do some little spots, three-minute, little short, little sort of like... Uh, the rest of the story Paul Harvey used to have only, only sharing the gospel. If you'd like to help us do that, now's a great time, and we'll put it to work sharing the gospel. It's not going to go to any over it. It's literally going to go to cover our airtime here and on there. So thank you for, once again, going to DougMearnRadio.com, and it'll guide you how to, how to give there. I really appreciate the gift. If you, if you can give this month, as we've already stated on the program, we've got the product that we'll send out to you. Caught on Tape with Doug Muren is a listener and friend-supported program. Your help with the show and expanding the evangelism events of Doug Murin is appreciated. You can write Doug Murin, caught on tape, at 1806 Fifth Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801. Or online at DougMurinRadio.com. 